My phone's turned oh. off. All right, everyone have their phones off? Oh, yes, that's right. Okay. Phone off. Phone off. Off phone. Off yeah. phone. Grandpa, do you have your phone with you? No. Okay, do then you don't need you don't need it. We're just making just make sure it's the ringer is off. Huh? You have to make sure the phone doesn't ring because we're all very oh. popular and people call us all the time. And, oh, and, and you know, and we're really popular on our podcast yeah. too. We have so many followers. Speaking of our podcast, I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. I'm Grandpa. And welcome to the 1981 Academy of Words. Uh, this is if I ran the Oscars podcast where we take a look at one film from every year the awards were on TV. Take a look at a category the film won for, as well as three other categories chosen entirely at random. So we look at the entire filmmaking experience. And we love mm-hmm. random. Yep. And sometimes it means that we randomly roll categories that just the film doesn't apply to, or are we, odd things. And the movies are selected at random. Yeah. And sometimes it means we have to watch three-hour movies. And that means oh. that we didn't watch the good Star Wars this week. We did not watch the good Star Wars. I'm very disappointed. We have managed to skip Empire Strikes Back. I might watch it myself just because. That's eh, okay. Uh, the film we watched is called Tess. And we'll get into what that's all about. But this is a fairly important year for Academy Awards. For it a is? couple of reasons. This uh, one is an interesting fact. Henry Fonda won an honorary award this year. Because up until this point... He hadn't really? won an Academy Award. I don't believe so. Huh. But he got. But he got Best Actor next year. Oh, too funny. This would later happen. This would happen again four years later when Paul Newman got an honorary award in '85 and then Best Actor the next year. Huh. So that was interesting. The uh, awards were postponed due to an attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. Oh my! They didn't want to have that on right away. I remember that. And this was, this uh, year caused the creation of a new category because of the lack of recognition for the makeup work of The Elephant Man. Oh. So there's a new category? Yep, the the film The Elephant Man received no awards for the quality of the makeup work done on the film because there was no category for makeup work. I misunderstood. I'm sorry, I thought it was, you were talking about the makeup work on The Elephant no, the Elephant Man. <laughs> but next year, well, there is a category for best makeup. Oh. So that'll be interesting. Uh, this was a pretty overall, this is a pretty spread out year. The film with the most awards is Ordinary People, right. uh, directed by Robert Redford. And have we seen that? I don't think so. Years ago. Maybe, a while ago. Years ago, maybe. Uh, hmm. Other films that we dodged and did not get to see, Fame. And, I've watched that somewhat recently. And Raging Bull, I think, are two important ones on that list. Uh, but we did watch Tess, a film by famous-slash-infamous director Roman Polanski. Who he's, boy. He's naughty. Who boy. We <laughs> technically should talk about Roman Polanski because he is somewhat of an... In, he is a polarizing figure. That's why that I was playing a recorder with... Yep, that is a traditional Polish tune, actually. Yes, it is. So, Roman Polanski uh, lived in, uh, let's see, was he born in Paris? I don't know. He can't live here anymore. Yeah, so, long story short, he ended up in Poland in 1937. Shortly afterwards, Poland had a German-related accident, and uh, they got trapped there. His parents were taken in raids. He hid around 
and survived the Holocaust. Uh, his first feature-length film was made in 1962 in Poland and nominated for the U.S. Academy Award for Best Foreign Film. The way foreign film works, by the way, since I don't know if we actually talked about it the last time mm -hmm. this came up, is every country gets one. Okay. The US, Since it's the U.S. Awards, mm -hmm. right? they basically can have as many movies as they want, but the foreign film award, each country essentially submits one movie that doesn't necessarily oh, have to... That gets screened in New York for the purpose of the critics looking at it, or California, or wherever it was. Uh, in the UK, he directed three films. In 68, he moved to the US and directed Rosemary's Baby, which was somewhat of a big deal. In 1969, his pregnant wife and four friends were killed by the Manson family. Oh, I didn't remember that connection. This was shortly after she gave him the book Tess of the Dubervilles. And that's why he ended up making this movie, is it was like the last thing that she did for him, was wow. give him this book and say, this is a good book. Huh. He went back to Europe. He made Macbeth in 71, Chinatown in Hollywood. Tess is not his only good movie, as it were. Mm -hmm. uh, he directed The Pianist, which would eventually win him an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. Oliver Twist, the ghostwriter. He directed a movie in 2019. He's still directing. Wow. Uh, unfortunately for him, in 1977, he was arrested and charged with drugging and assault, sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. That's not unfortunate for him. Well, He got what he deserved. What's, what's very weird about it is, as I read through this, and if we're going to skip the, mm -hmm. you know, gross details. Yeah. Uh, he had f six charges against him and had a plea bargain of, I will be not guilty of these five, but I'll be guilty of the sixth one. Well, yeah. And I'll yeah. get probation and, you know, the time served. Sure. His friend w was talking to the judge and the judge said, nah, I'm going to throw the book at him mm -hmm. and give him 50 years in prison. He then, of course, says, well, the, you know, I can't trust the judge and fled the country. People in Hollywood took his side. Blah, people blah, blah. have, I... <laughs> the girl's are, family? Are, well, are, no, like other people have argued about the judge's character and whether it's okay to do a thing like that. It got, it's, Politics. it's unfortunately more of a mess than just, he's a bad guy. And, of course, other people have come forward and saying, well, he also did it to me. It's all a ton of politics. The way it comes down is, Interpol has an active red alert for him if he leaves France, Poland, or Switzerland. Hmm. Yeah, he'll get picked up. If he, he will get picked up. In fact, he was picked up in Switzerland, which is why Switzerland is on the list now as an okay place. Because Switzerland said, no, we're not going to give him to you. Yeah. So now it got added in. He's got... Uh, He's a citizen in France and Poland, which is why he can stay there. The reason why this film was set in England but filmed in France is because UK extradites to the US. And if he filmed in the UK, they could arrest him and send him back. He is still technically awaiting trial because they didn't finish the trial. So whatever we think of this guy, he is technically a fugitive of US law. Right. So, But he did some good filmmaking. He did good filmmaking in the meantime. So, you know, that's complicated. Nah, nah. Uh, the film itself is an adaptation of a Thomas Hardy novel, and I don't know much about Thomas Hardy. Can people here tell me about him? 
The only thing I know is that his reading is very difficult, <clears throat> at least for me. <clears throat> right. I do I do know about one quip. Okay. But it isn't from this novel. It isn't from Tess of Nurburgring. I believe it's from. I, I talked about it the other day, Karen. I believe yeah. it's from the mayor of Casterbridge, and mm -hmm. somewhere in there, somebody I don't know if it's the mayor himself, but somebody in there got in trouble, and somebody pointed the finger and said, "You can't do that. It's against the law." And he came back and said, "The law is an ass." Interesting. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, so that's Thomas Hardy. Mm -hmm. So Thomas now, Hardy was a, according to Wikipedia, which is you know a valid source. Uh, English novelist and, and poet, a Victorian mm -hmm. realist. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we talked uh, briefly about, and we'll probably talk about it some more, about the pacing of this film. And um, that perhaps had something to do with the way the book was written as well. Yeah. Um, just because it's in that style of uh, Victorian literature, which Extremely is... difficult. Which is... Um, mm -hmm emoting and so you think about the way uh, photographs of victorian parlors and living rooms and it extremely ornate and overly decorated sometimes li yeah. victorian literature is written that way yeah so. all right uh let's see here the screenplay was written in french with a usual collaborator by polanski mm -hmm. and then translated into english mm -hmm. for the general okay. public uh, the storyline largely follows that of the book, although the role of the of our uh, main antagonist, sexual assault man, mm -hmm. is toned down. Oh, from the novel. From the novel. Well, <laughs> that's to make this PG. Possibly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought probably. Tess was was pretty, no, I just it just didn't didn't, didn't mesh with me. Yeah. Uh, the costumes for the film were designed by a guy named Anthony Powell, and it is a shame we are not talking about him because this is his third. Academy Award for costumes. I thought we were talking about costumes. Are we this talking week. about costumes? I don't. Not oh, officially. Please? Not officially. Oh darn. Not officially. Quick, talk about costumes. Darn. We can I talk, about, talk costumes about costumes if you want to. I always do. Talk oh. about it, quick. Okay. I thought they were great. Yeah. Well, so here's here's yeah, they my really thought. Were. So there were times it, uh, we're going to talk about cinematography. We are. So there were times. Uh, no, we're not. Okay, I'm going to talk about that too. So, <laughs> there, so there were times when the shots were framed by uh, looking through something, uh, something in the foreground that then created a frame for what we are actually watching. It was back in the background. Yeah. But mm -hmm. one of the things I noticed about the costumes, and and you have to remember that this is Victorian, so things are you know should be a little ornate, ornate and over the top, but yeah. We're talking about fabric with lots of little pleats in it, mm -hmm. little teeny tiny uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in the fabric. And then uh, toward the end of the film, where the woman was standing on the chair, yeah, she had she had had on her morning clothes when she opened the door. Then she was dressed for the day when she went to go get this chair and stand on the table. And we had a close up of the hem of her garment. And then we also saw a close-up up toward the neck of her garment. And it was very intricately um, uh, decorated with self-fabric. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that's a, a nod to the costuming people. Yeah. That they, they put in that kind of time and effort to do some some quality costuming. And then they, and they zoomed in on them. Mm -hmm. It was very nice. So a note on the costumes. His other two Academy Awards prior to this, mm -hmm. Travels with My Aunt and Death on the Nile. Mm. Hmm. 
he would later go on to do costumes for this uh, small uh, independent film, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Indiana (laughs) Jones and the Last Crusade. Also, Hmm. Hook, live-action 101 Dalmatians, and 102 Dalmatians. Uh, For theater, uh, he got a Tony Award in 1963 for the School for Scandal. Huh. I uh, he did the costumes for the 2010 production of My Fair Lady. Oh, 2010. Huh? A yeah. of Fly by Night. I uh, yeah. 1981 Amadeus did the costumes for the theater run of okay. that. My God, which we may which we may uh, revisit when it becomes a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, so you know good there. On the note of the cinematography, as long as we're going to do a quick touch on that, there were at least three I can remember, maybe more scenes where the rising or setting sun was well placed in the scene and that requires patience mm-hmm. yeah and the kind, the kind of patience that is also hard to fake in post yeah well, especially it's hard in 1979 to, yeah. well even now it's hard to add that much bright light to a scene without ruining the scene that makes sense yeah it's like you can't just like Shine a light, a light bulb. I mean, if we're going to go back to Star Wars, you can't just put a stick of light into a scene and have it look good. It takes extra work uh, to make sure lights reflecting off of things, shining through things, diffusing through hair, things like that. And so you really do have to go. Okay, everyone, we have five minutes to get this shot right. Go, and if we don't do it right, we got to pack it up and we're doing it again tomorrow. Right. So, from that That's perspective, true. whoever was doing their cinematography did a good job. And the guy who did their cinematography uh, died during sure. filming. Really? Yep, and received a posthumous Oscar. Oh, I didn't catch that part. Uh, he had uh, There was another guy who took over. Obviously. Uh, but the original guy, unfortunately, passed wow. away from a heart attack mid-filming. Mm-hmm. People in the appearing in this film, kind of some... They're not really big names. There's some. They're mild who's who's of like British film, British TV, right? But not really any like major anybody. Well, it's like there's a guy by the name of Peter Firth, and he is not the brother of Colin Firth. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of TV show, British TV shows. I uh, Natasha Kinski, Natasia, Nastasia. I believe that's the correct is phonetic. She the lead girl. That's her. Holy smokes. You've seen her in other things. So in Playboy. Ah. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Interesting. I think. All right. I mean, there I wouldn't somebody be, that looked an awful lot like her. Wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Uh, but there just wasn't... Well, this wasn't we, one of those movies with star power. No, it yeah. wasn't. And the fact that it had such a good production team behind it... I th- this was nominated for Best Picture, and I believe mm-hmm. mostly due to the production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because no yeah. one was nominated for acting stuff for this right, movie. Right, 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 right. We can kind of skip through that. I, one of the things we are talking about is Best Song, so I do want to quickly mention the composer. A guy by the name of Philippe Sard. S-A-R-D-E. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if in French it would be e pronounced differently. I uh, not well known necessarily in the U.S. as he was only nominated once for this movie. Hmm. 
But he's been nominated 12 times for the César Award, a.k.a. the French Oscar. Okay, okay. Winning twice. Hmm. So his list of credits is over 200 things, but very few of them are recognizable to us because he is the French composer. Mm Hmm. So, and I think the music was fairly good. Not it was yeah. not memorable in the it way it was appropriate. Of, yeah. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> Mom has discovered that Grandpa may have been correct about that Playboy. There it is. Has <laughs> we have found photographic proof that she has done things for them? Well, she was at least on the cover. Well, that's you know that's good enough. Hey, getting on the cover is pretty pretty big oh, yeah. deal. Means you probably were on the inside too. Yeah. I, this is not a video podcast, so we're not going to show you the audience. Otherwise, we'd get banned nope. from YouTube. We are not doing that. All right. So, I plot of the film. I think we can kind of talk about this one. This one wasn't amazing to me. Okay. What did Grandpa say? It. It. He said it was slow. No, he said it was a really good story. I said it'd be yeah. a damn good movie if they just livened, if they just moved it along. Yeah. There we go. I the, think yeah, we all agree yeah, with that. The movie we watched yesterday, not yesterday, last time, but not that fast, right. uh, was slow paced, but it didn't show us, it didn't uh, pad for time. Whereas in this one, I think a good example is the scene where four ladies are trying to go around a big puddle and uh, Consent Man, the arch rival of Sexual Assault Man, <laughs> uh, offers to carry them across this puddle but it's a big puddle this is like what 50 yard puddle and it shows us in real time him carrying all four of them Mm -hmm. now it doesn't show him on the screen sometimes it's the ladies talking to each other but it takes as long as it would take him to carry all four of them because the last one to carry is our main character and that's the important one and it's just like Two full straight minutes of wasted airtime. Well, but I think there's something about that pacing and that anticipation, or the 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 waiting. The, you know, just the time aspect of the drudgery of life that then that gives us that feeling. If it went too fast, maybe we we wouldn't feel the same way about the characters. Maybe on the subject of using timing and time and anticipation. I wish we would have watched Alien, because Uh I think that would be a very good example of a whole lot of nothing happening, but for a good reason. Mm. Because the the success of the Alien franchise is the anticipation of bad things happening. That's true. And just because there's not someone currently being murdered on the screen doesn't mean that it couldn't happen in the next two seconds. It's the kind of edge of your seat Mm -hmm. thriller anticipation, whereas this one is the opposite. It's scoot your butt back and put both arms in your armrest mm-hmm. anticipation of eventually something will happen. Well, we all, I, I don't know if we all understand. Some of us understand that certainly there is such a thing as moving too rapidly. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You see what I mean? So, okay. Yeah. Some f- sort of middle ground could possibly have been found, but then would it have been as true to Thomas Hardy's work? And where's the line between true to a book and... This book was written a hundred years ago. It's possible we've learned how to write different stories by now. Oh, that's a good sure. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a much deeper debate for book clubs and Oprah to have. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, in any case, and we are definitely yeah. not a book club. In any case, <laughs> I do need. I do kind of feel I need to bring this up because it is something that is very important to me as a writer. Is that sexual assault is bad writing? It can work, but it's very often used to further along a plot in a way that could be done a multiple of different ways, and it often makes characters feel like they need to escape the plot. And that happens within the first, what, 30 minutes of the movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was very concerned that I did not know where the movie could go from there. Because we were 30 minutes in and the main character didn't want to be in the movie anymore. And that's... That's pretty much how it felt. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's not good writing. Right. I understand that it was important that we needed her to hit a low point in order to bounce back with consent man after sexual assault man had been Mm -hmm. so mean to her but that was 30 minutes that we could have maybe had in five and not shown anything and it would have carried maybe it wouldn't have carried the same emotion as seeing it on the screen but at the same time we didn't see anything they had the cool smoke yeah i wonder well back to the concern about hardy's writing and true and true True, true to true to the bookism. You know, we've been through a sexual revolution. We have you know, a real one since uh, since uh, things were a lot different in, in, in Victorian, Victorian times. times. And, uh, well, then that's very true. Yeah. You know, I mean, considered damaged goods and not yeah. fit for yeah. anyone, as yeah. Yeah. as we saw by her. Yeah. And that part we could have still had in there, but I'm just yeah. wondering about the. Did they have to be so... Could it have been written Could it have to yeah. take so damn long. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, if the if the first 30 minutes of the film had been five minutes, it would have been down to a two and a half hour film. And even then, I mean, it still probably would have been too long. But mm-hmm. we would have gotten to the interesting part. Sure. Her being a country girl meeting a guy who's actually... Who works in the cow barns, but is actually part of a wealthy family. And things like that. That's the interesting part of the book. And we had to spend a half hour on something stupid. Yeah. Well, it wasn't stupid, but it was, but it took too long. Took too long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What, what, well, let's, let's talk about what, what categories did we roll this week? All right. Actual things we're talking about. Step one, best art design. How much like 1860s England did this place look? I'm not that old. I think it's 100%. Yeah, yeah I think they did a very really good job. Good. Yeah, it really was. They, I, I wasn't alive then. Because clearly... Yeah, they, but... They they had old well, buildings. They had old <laughs> buildings there, so they got to cheat partially, but that's just good location scouting. Sure. But inside the buildings, props they yeah, had... All those collars in that little bar. Oh, yeah. It was amazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they won for that. Good job, them. Uh, extra one. Best. Some things looked a little too clean to me. But that's, that's I have, movie magic. Oh, I that's... have that problem with lots of different yes. movies and television shows. Yes. She was the cleanest woman in Wessex. It's very true. <laughs> I had to be. Yeah. Uh, extra number one, best song. There really wasn't one. This, there really wasn't a we, song. We randomly roll these, and sometimes we get one that just doesn't, doesn't apply. Doesn't fit. I yeah. uh, please note that this year two songs from the same musical got nominated for best song which is cheating you should only uh-uh. get one but it was fame it was fame i want to live forever by fame f- it was fame from the movie fame, fame which beat out 9 to 5 from the movie 9 oh, to 5 God. yeah mm-hmm. uh so you know 
even if there was a song in this one, it probably wasn't going to beat those. Uh, next one, Best Supporting Actor. This guy would almost certainly be Sexual Assault Man. You think? He he was the he was he not was, the main actor. That's that's true. He was the second most prominent actor in the movie. No, I agree with that. How do what do we think about his performance? Well, we we thought he was a, a terrible. He was he was a good jerk. That's for sure. He was a good jerk. Yeah. He was a good jerk. I don't think there was any chance he was going to break into. I uh, so the winner was Timothy Hutton in Ordinary People. Okay. Uh, also nominated Judd Hirsch from the same movie. Okay. Joe Pesci in Raging Bull. Okay. Mm. Michael O'Keefe okay. from The Great Santini and Jason Robards from Melvin and Howard. I don't know the Melvin and Howard. From what I know of Raging Bull, like Joe Pesci did work in that movie. He did. And so for him he not did. that's probably yeah. a very justifiable award yeah. for him. For him not to have won means that this this guy definitely wasn't winning. He wasn't going to even be in the same league as this. Yeah. So that's reasonable and while he was a believable jerk, it was not a great role for him. It wasn't the most extraordinary performance, no. that's for sure. It doesn't take once you once you rape someone, it's not hard to be a jerk. True. Especially all that. Yeah. That's how we knew he was a real bad guy. He had the fog machine on his side. Lastly, best screenplay. And this one would be based on matter from another medium. Right. Uh, It was not nominated. Mm. Well, that's interesting. What do we think about the screenplay? I thought it it meshed very well with the fog and with the timing and everything. So I don't see anything wrong with it. The only thing is... um, um, so so much so many of the scenes and so many of the screenplay seem to be all the same. But for that reason, I guess for the reasons I just said, that's okay. I'm, yeah, yeah. I think the screen the screenplay was a good book, but the screenplay was not necessarily good as a movie. Right. Maybe this mm-hmm. one was better staying yeah. as a book. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm so sure about know. the good book business. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I. Yeah. I do want to give them points for their good use of old words that we had to Google to figure out what they meant. Right. Well, it was... The language writing was slop, pretty well slum done. Slum-mockery? Slum... Slumac. Slumacery. Slumacery. There's like... Tra- there's like... Slumac. Slumac. There, oh, there I were... looked up Moppet, Mommet, and Poppet. Because both of those... I, po- I kind of knew what Poppet meant. I kind of knew what Poppet meant, yeah. but I didn't know what Mommet meant. Yeah. So, good job for that. So. I... Ordinary People won for that one. Also in there, Elephant Man, The Stunt Man, Coal Miner's Daughter, and Breaker Morant. Oh, hey, that's a great movie. Yeah, that, w- seen it. that one was nominated for a screenplay but did not win. I have not seen that one. Uh, ooh, interesting. Dan's reading again. I am reading. This. It's based on a play, which is why it was in that category. Court Martial of Lieutenants, one of the first war crime prosecutions in British military history. For what? Breaker Morant. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was a good one. So, interesting there. Maybe... I had that one on tape. I've seen it several times. All right. So, overall, film is a bit long. If you've got three hours to spare, watch Lord of the Rings instead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's personal opinion. Some people here have not seen that movie yet, and thus have not been convinced, but... Well, it wasn't poorly done by any means. No, it, it was, was just, just too darn long. Oh, yeah, it was just it, like 
Oh, really? It's it was three long. hours of well-directed movie. The yeah. problem is it was three hours of well-directed movie. Right. Yeah. So, Pretty much. Yeah. Well, we live in a fast-moving world. We do. And that's to our disadvantage many times. I've definitely complained about going to see a movie in theaters that was 80 minutes long. Oh my goodness. That's not even they enough. Re- they rebooted Rambo and it was 80 minutes. And like, if it's an action movie, but still... That's not enough time. Yeah. That really isn't. That just yeah, means we've all got ADD. Yeah. I uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I. Oh, Dan wants me to say our conclusion thing. <laughs> Be done. Well, alrighty then. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.